You're gonna see a little countdown. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Technology. Three, <laughs> two, something. We're on. <laughs> it's lockdown buddies. Oh yeah. And we have the lovely and talented Rev Matt from Seven Crowns Tattoo Shop in Orangeville. What's up, homie? Uh, just hanging. Yeah. Fucking just hanging basically. out, dude. Fucking Sitting, <laughs> waiting, taking some time with the fam. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, realizing how nasty my beard is because I can see it on our little Zoom thing here. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, you I look might, like a wizard. You're looking great. <laughs> I, think I, I think I might need to cut it soon. It might have to go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're going to cut it off? I don't know if I'm going to cut it off. Okay. That's I'm, like, I don't, I, know what I, could, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen that, that there was a Seth Rogen film, and uh, he shaves. Uh-huh. And he, he basically he makes a statement where he says, I, I feel like a baby beluga. Uh-huh. No mouth, and that's what I feel like I'm gonna be when uh, when I shave. A hundred percent. Yeah, I've been hiding a lot of chins under here for a long time, so. You look good, yeah. Buddy. No, you're looking great, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I remember I had uh, my chef Dan from culinary school. When I first met him, he always had a beard. Like I only ever knew him as a beard, like having a beard. And then finally, one day, it just got too much. He had it for so long, he decides to shave it off. And I had, like, an existential crisis. I couldn't handle life. I was like, dude, why? What? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not discuss this with any of us? What are we doing? I need to leave. I, I'll come back when it grows back. I, I can't look at you. It was so weird. It's like a whole other person. I had, yeah. a, I had a friend in university who, during the entire time in university, his friend had, like, a big, like, Freddie Mercury mustache, like a, you know, right. like an old school cop oh, mustache. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Every day, single he, one of my uncles. <laughs> he kissed it off. Yeah. And his wife would not kiss him. It's like, <gasps> no, it's not the same. You're not, it's not the it's same like person. It's like a different person. Oh, oh my okay. God. It's real. It's See, real. I have the opposite question, problem where my wife is like, take that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. It gets in my nose and my mouth, and yeah, too. So I like I like John's hairstyle right now. Look at this the the swoop. Yeah, the swoop. The last time I got a haircut, actually, Claudia cut my hair. I did. I did. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. You guys aren't just brain babies and lockdown buddies, but you're like hairstyle buddies as well. We're just friends. Overall, <laughs> I, I, I think we just figured a new podcast for you guys. What are you oh doing God. on Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How not to do hair? <laughs> so I lived with Claudia, right? And uh, I, I was seeing my girlfriend, and my hair was like really doing what it's doing now, but like it was worse on the sides. So yeah. I came out of the bathroom, and I had shaved one, I shaved one side completely off, and I shaved the other side off. And I came in and Claudia was making food. And I was like, uh, Claudia, you're going to have to help me. Uh, Christina's coming over. And uh, <laughs> but that was like uh, like three, four months ago. Oh, Mom, yeah. It's been a while. This is like weird. It just does this. Like I shower and I put stuff in it and it just does whatever. Because, yeah, because we sort of gave you like a mohawk it's and so we left good. the top kind of long. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you can almost have a man bun. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, oh, I, if I have a man bun, I'm another three feet taller. So. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, like that. We could have matched, Matt. We could have matched. Man of the man bun. Like I used to do man bun, but like the weird sort of like ponytail up and over and down. I think I think you look. Yeah. It makes people look like a trash bag. And I can't. I can't unsee you can't, like you can't a trash bag it. with the top all, you know, tied together. I feel like I just want to grab him by the top of the head, take him to the dumpster. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. You know what I just now? I kind of look like Astro Boy if he grew up. You know? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Are you Astro Boy? I'm a buddy. That's how it went that down, explains dude. So that explains a lot of shit, man. That's, oh, that deserves coffee. It does. <laughs> totally. It's really cool. Um, since I got my tattoo with you, right, the, the wave, the, the great wave, uh, people are giving me great wave memorabilia, and I love it. <laughs> uh, I got a, a pencil holder. Look at this. Isn't that cool? No, look at yeah. you. Yeah. So badass. Yeah, it's really cool. I really, uh, it's been pretty cool. People are really behind it. So I can't wait to see you, man, when this is over. If it's Same. Over. Oh, me, me too. I can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? How has it been? Yeah, dealing with like, because I mean, like, you're one of the industries that has been most affected by the lockdown. It's like a real piss off. Yeah. How are you doing? Should we like present to the audience what, what that is? Or are sure, we yeah, go now? for it. No, we, yeah, okay. go for it, whatever you want. Just to let your audience know when you say one of the most affected uh, uh, industries, I, I'm a tattooer. I've been a tattooer since Cobain died. So however long that is. Um, <laughs> there we go. And uh, like most personal services in Ontario, much less Canada, much less the world, they've been sort of a smaller industry. So they're, they're a little more under the radar and, and not really dealt with, with the severity of, of most bigger industries. Mm -hmm. uh, so for a while there, we were just kind of lumped in with other things and uh, we've been closed for a long, long time. Now I'm lucky because I have I have the ability to work in Toronto and in Orangeville. We used to have a shop in Toronto, Seven Crowns Tattoo, uh, due to nasty landlords and real estate baloney. Uh, we lost our shop in Toronto, mm -hmm. and because we're a small business, and a lot of us, you know, live. No, I'm not going to say paycheck to paycheck, but not much more than that. Sure. Um, the the ability to fight stuff comes with money and legal. Yeah. And the big companies can do it and the small companies can't. Mm -hmm. And for the way Toronto has been going in the last uh, five, six years, I didn't see in the area that we were in anything to fight for. Oh, that's like, fair. Sure. Yeah. So like the, the entire place, it, it's all being torn down and turned into condos. Right. And what isn't in the bottom of a condo is interesting, fun, small businesses. Right. You know, the right. bottom of a condo are Loblaws, Metro, LCBO, Power Fitness, or whatever, and some of the larger sort of uh, uh, conglomerates uh, can get into that. And this was all pre-COVID, like what you're talking about. This right is all, this is all pre-COVID, but pre -COVID, I, I got yeah. to, mm -hmm. the chance to open a shop mm -hmm. uh, that had been already open for a long time in uh, yeah, as Toronto, up. but still there affected. Uh, the people in Toronto got shut down, I believe it was the 15th or 16th of March mm -hmm. and they were 
closed till mid to late June. Wow. Up for the summer. They were mm-hmm. closed. Yeah, um, you know. Till November. No, they were open from uh, June till November. And they were completely closed down in November and have been closed down ever since. since so realistically, since March 15th of last mm-hmm. year, the people in mm-hmm. Toronto have been allowed to tattoo for, um, what, June to July. That's one. August, wow. September, October, November, like five months. Yeah, that's wow. Out of the last like 13 now. <laughs> yeah, 13, yeah. So yeah. they're in a pretty desperate yeah. position. I, I I was lucky. We were in Orangeville, which, funny enough, was an orange zone. So mm-hmm. though we were affected by uh, a lot of restrictions on who we could tattoo, what zones people had to live in to be able to get tattooed, how many people we could have in the shop, so on and so forth, we could actually still attempt to make a living sure so that that gives everyone a, a sort of basis in in where we, we were yeah. but yeah. uh yeah it's been it's been pretty heartbreaking especially for like couples and families that have had uh like both person loses and tattooers yeah yeah uh, tattooers or personal service people of any sort or that's right anyone that's lost their job if both people in a, in a family of two with however many children have lost their jobs, you're living off the CERB. CERB is $900 every two weeks Mm -hmm. after the tax that they apparently take from you. Uh, So that gives you, what, $1,800 every month. And for Mm -hmm. a couple, that's $3,600. So that's what a family has to live off of. In Toronto. (laughs) In Toronto or anywhere around Toronto. Right. I can't even go get groceries without having to pay for parking. You know, like it's, it's, it's a bit of an exaggeration. There are places, but there's a lot of places where you go. If you you don't Mm -hmm. want to have produce that's rotting by the time you get at home. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's been smashed against each other. Like walk down on the bus or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty disconcerting. So I think I'm doing better than the last time. The last time, like yeah. now I know what to expect, at least a little bit. Last mm-hmm. time I, I did make a nice uh, depression groove in my couch while yeah, my wife was like working 12 to 14 hours a day on a computer trying to, she, she teaches uh, at the college yeah. level. So she had to take right. an entire curriculum, make an entire curriculum, and then take that curriculum and put it onto an online platform, learn all the online platforms, which is something she had never done before, learn how to do video classes, learn how to do tests online, figure out how to do, she she teaches makeup. So make it a practical application, right? And usually how you you test it is you have somebody do it in front of you and then you critique it and mark it. She had to figure out a way to do that over the internet and then (laughs) deal with, you know, all of the things that computers can do to, to spice up pictures and stuff. She had to deal with that. When sure. it comes to written stuff, she had to deal with uh, people out and out just copying and pasting and plagiarizing and stuff. So she's wow. like, I've had sort of an existential dread bad time. Yeah. She's had a, I have to work so much harder to have the same job time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It comes with its own but she's, type of challenges, it, right? She's the rock. She's the one that's basically 
pulled us through this. It hasn't been me. Oh, yeah, Karen's oh, yeah. pretty amazing. I don't know. Your industry has been getting hit so hard, and uh, yeah, man, you've been really, you've been really keeping it together. It's pretty impressive. Like, I think a lot of people would have broken by now. Uh, the third, yeah. the third oh. you know, like we're gonna be out of this soon. We're gonna be out of the woods, you know. I, 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 I'm glad it comes off that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm <pretty> broken. <laughs> yeah. You're a strong guy. Yeah, you are, man. You are. I was so excited that I got to get tattooed right before oh, it locked down so again. Lucky. You're so uh, yeah, I was like, like, we're fucking doing this, dude. <laughs> it was like a week before, I think. It was. I think before. it was like, uh, honestly, it was like a week, maybe two weeks. I don't remember, but it was like right what day before. Of the week was it? It was a Monday or Tuesday that we had you in, right? No, it was a Friday because George was yeah. there too. It was Friday. It was like yeah. the Friday oh. before. I want to say it was the Friday before Easter or before. Like, I think it was. It wasn't Good Friday. Maybe it was the one before Good Friday. Something like that. That Good Friday would have been the last day that we would have worked. Wow. Right. Yeah. So you got in a week before we. I got we a had week before that. that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was so happy to do that too. And it was like such a, I don't know, because I've been getting tattooed by you for a little while now. And it's like an awesome experience every single time. And I had like, the, great, I had yeah. the best, like I had a, the most wild, um, like emotional release with the last tattoo, not because of pain or anything, but just because of like where it was placed and just like, it, I don't know, I'm into like weird hippie shit. So, <laughs> so it kind of like a portion of the tattoo hit like where the heart chakra is right in the, the spine there in the back. And I was just I like, <laughs> and he was so nice. Matt was so nice. He's like, do you need a minute? And I was like, no, it's not pain. It's just emotions. Keep going. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> it was I the best. Tell, you can tell when it's a, a pain thing yeah. or whether it's an emotional release or some sort of deep down release. The, yeah. the, the pain is a different thing because what you had wasn't, the pain usually gets like, you can, you can feel the person gradually getting tenser and tenser and tenser until they're like, oh. no. Right. Where you, it was like a literally like, la, 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 and, right. and, and you were just like tears. Yeah, mm. it really was. Have you had that so, with other people? I imagine yes. Like I, I would absolutely. guess that yeah. you had. What, uh, what is that like from your side of it? Like what, like, um, I it, don't know. Like what really happens heavy. to you when you, when you get to be part of that, you know? Oh, first of all, it's, a, it's an honor to be mm, part oh, of that thanks. for yeah. anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's really weird because in one way I feel like yeah I'm I'm the sort of I'm the tool that makes this happen right I'm I'm the brush between the hand and, and the and the canvas mm -hmm. that allows this to happen to the person so mm -hmm. there's sort of a, a, a feeling of importance there but at the same time there's also the exact opposite where it's just like I'm just a utilitarian thing like. Mm -hmm. your feelings are your feelings and you're getting your tattoo and your tattoo is bringing your feelings out. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I'm literally a tool. I'm a, a drill, a hammer or whatever, a uh, allowing instrument. this to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a facilitator. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways I feel like it has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. In other ways, you know, the, the ego starts to come in. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I'm a freaking wizard. I do this stuff, right? <laughs> I think you are a wizard, though. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about becoming a wizard. I think, I've been you, talking I think you already before. are. Yeah. I think you already are. Um, <laughs> in, in a different way. Oh, okay. Uh, like in a, in a, in not just a, a, a facial beard sort of <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, I'm not talking about your facial beard either. You could do oh, a clean-shaven yeah, like wizard. <laughs> I, I've been interested 
been in magic for a very long time and I've mm -hmm. done yeah. the reading. Wow. Yeah. I've done the the research. Uh, you know, I was in university for uh, art, but I was also in university for history and anthropology. And I did a wow. lot of anthropology. I did a lot of history. I did a lot of uh, social sciences. Uh, I did a lot of religion. Uh, I did all that stuff in university and it's never gone away for me. I have had, you guys have seen the spaces that I work in. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. obviously Amazing. interested Super in, in vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and mythologies and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've done a lot of the research, but I've never done the practical, mm -hmm. right? Like I've read mm -hmm. Crowley's stuff. I haven't done Crowley's stuff. I've read oh. Eccles stuff. I haven't done it. I've read Waits stuff. I haven't done it. Wow. And it's because I'm lazy. <laughs> and so and self-aware. <laughs> That's kind of great. Yeah. No, I, I, I did some, some magic in university. Yeah. Uh, and it was very successful, but I didn't realize I was doing magic at the time. It was a weird, I think I've told Isn't you both crazy? about my parents I had where I met Father Snake. Yes. Oh, let's, yeah, tell it though. Yeah, tell tell the story, story, dude. Let's get real. Yeah. How long do you have? This is going to be a oh long. Oh my God, we don't give a fuck, however really long you good. want, dude. Yeah. It, well, well, we'll get back to that. But okay. that, that, you both know what I'm talking about when I say that. It is an amazing um, story. I had a mystical experience. I wasn't trying to have that experience but it came to me so that right. sort of stuff stuck with me and that affected my art from there on in mm -hmm. uh, i did a lot of painting that revolved around that stuff mm -hmm. uh, and i really wish that i had gotten into computers and computer art earlier because i think that would have helped me Connect. illustrate what happens inside when you have a mystical experience better with layers and stuff it's very mm -hmm. hard to get human hand right mm -hmm. unless you know like alex gray who is this incredible hyper detailed spiritual painter cool. uh outside of university i i played around with um some chaos magic which okay. is hard to explain in a small forum but basically a, a main part of it is sigil work where you make sigils mm -hmm. for yourself yep. mm -hmm. and sigils in a magical way when you look at them you're like oh that's crazy demonic magic stuff but when it's broken down on how it works it, it's very simple and very, mm -hmm. like it's an easy psychological trick that yeah. you can do for yourself. And it's um, for people that don't have the belief system of, if you put it out there, the universe will give it back. Like that sort of very easy version of spirituality that a lot of people speak about today. The sort of, uh, uh, what's his name? Joe Dispenza. Joe, Joe Dispenza is, is a big person mm -hmm. that talks about this stuff where he mixes the sort of the neurochemical and the mystical and basically says, mm -hmm. you focus in a positive way, you will get positive back, which is a, a, sort of a, a very scientific version of talking about, you know, you put your energies in the universe and the energy you will send back. Ask the universe mm -hmm. for things and it provide sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Sigils basically work better, I find, on people that have a hard time believing that or putting their, their stock in that yeah. sort of thing, which I'm one of them. I have a hard time saying, if I put it out to the universe, the universe will provide because I see so much not provision around where people obviously mm -hmm. want it and people yeah. obviously need it and it's not there. So I, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But sigils okay. kind of go under that they're the um mm -hmm. they're subliminal advertising of magic your face I, you literally do look like a wizard like if i was if i was uh looking for some spiritual like spiritual enlightenment you're the guy that i would like to like walk me through that you know see i would love to be that but mm -hmm. i have no 
place telling other people what to do with their lives when I can't oh, figure out how to motivate myself off the goddamn couch. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I don't think it's like about it's like, like I you should totally do it. And because uh, my arms all do. I remember thinking yes. that this was like one of the best conversations I've had in like years. We were, yeah. we were you, know, you know, we were both in a weird space, but it was a, a really like, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't have changed it for anything. You, you, we talked about everything and nothing, and it was great. And I was it's there the for best. hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so nervous. Oh, <laughs> so nervous. oh there you are. Yeah, dude, there I am. So cute. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, well, yeah. I'm glad that I can make your nervousness go away. That actually, to be honest, is sort of an intentional technique, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When people focus on one thing, they're not focusing on another thing. We're, we're, we're simple creatures, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I get people into good conversation, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen naturally a lot, but I, I can pull somebody into a good conversation, especially if it's something that they're interested in or have firsthand experience with, um, they'll focus on the talk with me over mm-hmm. the needle in their skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Nothing that matters for you, Captain Nerve Damage, but (laughs) (laughs) Captain Nerve Damage. (laughs) Just talk about his elbow, dude. When you were like, okay, so we're just gonna do this, and then I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then you're like, okay, so this there really is no reaction. You were like, I was like, Yeah, I can't really feel anything. It's it really was dead and we didn't have to take any breaks and uh, We're gonna see even a Shyamalan film soon where we uh Yeah you're like Beating up Sam Jackson or something. Well, it was really crazy. <laughs> I have this like right now. I have this massive bruise on my left arm. And I don't know where it came from, but I don't. Oh. I didn't even know it was there uh, until I, I was actually like looking at it. It's it's really big, and uh, yeah, oh, wow. I, I ram into things with my left arm like all the time, and then I'll mm. you know I have to be aware. They said the the one surgeon said that if I got cut really badly, I actually wouldn't know. So I have to like be aware that that could be a thing, like. Wow. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a dead arm, right? Are yeah. you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay, so the reason you get stuff on your left, I'll, I'll give you an example, sword and shield, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a yeah, sword yeah. in your right hand, that's your attacking, that's your doing, that's your... <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on, buddy. You know what's up. <laughs> I know what's up. I, I, I've listened to all of the podcasts multiple times. Champion. Oh, you're a goddamn best. champion. You're the fucking best, dude. You're the best around, dude. You're going to be really upset when you figure out that I've been the one that's been changing the VPN on my computer. <laughs> so I'm the guy in Germany. I'm the guy in Brazil. I'm the guy <laughs> in Germany. I'm not my guy. Yo, nobody keep it up, dude. Else. I don't give a it's fuck. You at all. It's just me. It's just me. It's <laughs> just the one, dude. We've got one fan, and I love dude, it. That's so funny. It's Matt. It's Matt. It's, it's Wizard Matt. Matt. Yeah, totally. It's Wizard Matt. Dude. Wizard <laughs> totally dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. Holy shit! You're grooming oh. this majestic beard. What are we doing? I am. Do uh, yeah, I'm mesmerized now. <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Oh, the weirdest part is that there's going to be like a bird or something that pops out right here. so good. We're talking about sigils. We're talking about sigils. I was telling you how it was cool how you showed me how to do a sigil because we actually tattooed a sigil into my Ganesh. I thought that was mm-hmm. fucking cool. 
And that was okay, super helpful. How has that worked for you? That was uh, amazing for me. So, so, so to fill the audience in or whatever. So a while back, I got um, a Ganesh tattoo tattooed to my uh, thigh. And I had seen it just randomly online. And I was so excited because... Um, had rarely at that time gone for it. A lot of the tattoos that I'd gotten were like either encouraged by or influenced by or whatever my ex. And so um, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, this is like, I'm going to do this for myself and I'm going to go by myself. And this is like for me. And I was like really fucking excited. I actually liked you the, the moment that I met you because I've been trying to get this tattoo forever. And I met you through Claudia's ex, right? Mm -hmm. And he was doing a charcuterie board for your opening. And I mm -hmm. drove down there because he needed an extra pair of hands. And then he didn't need an extra pair of hands. I just fucking sat there and I was just mesmerized. And I was like, man, this is the coolest fucking shop I've ever seen. You yeah. were so nice. Aww. George was so nice. Just, man. Yeah, you guys are the best. You're a great team. And seriously, the best. Yeah, you guys are a great team. How, how did yeah. you guys meet? Yeah. Was we worked together. Uh, at a shop before Seven Crowns okay. that uh, will remain unnamed because we're not supposed to talk about it. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> Any, anybody that knows our history knows where we worked, but when when we left, we, we tried to leave on good terms oh. and it didn't end up that way. That sucks. And we used to have, I, I, I'm sure you've been to our website. Our bios have, our, George is the writer. And George yeah. has written these oh, very wonderful, oh, yeah. elaborate bios. Uh, and in our bios, we tried to give credit to where we worked prior. Yeah. And yeah. We, we were told very shortly after we put that up that we were being inflammatory and that we weren't yeah. to print their name, weren't to say their name, didn't want to be involved with us at all anymore. So people are jerks. Yeah. Though, it hurts, though, though it hurts, I have to respect their, their wishes. And, yeah. Well, I don't have to, but I'm going to. But yeah. Um, well, so we worked at a place in, uh, <laughs> yeah. we we worked at a place in North York that was part of a a very small chain oh. of of very good tattoo places. That back in the '90s, if you if you wanted to go to a place that you knew you were going to get a good solid tattoo, yeah, this was the place to go. Right? Wow. It might not have elaborate custom artists, uh, which eventually it, it grew to have all sorts of that. But mm -hmm. at the time it was a, a, a bunch of young artists that were uh, in the trade at the time where you were fostered and berated into being a better artist. And which is something that doesn't really happen so much anymore for, mm -hmm. for better or for worse. But uh, we worked there together. I'd worked there for uh, over 10 years. Wow. And wow. George and I both had kind of come to the end of our, our, our time there. And we had similar thoughts on how to run a business, similar thoughts on uh, what we wanted to do, not just have a tattoo shop, but we wanted to have, we wanted to end up having a gallery. We wanted mm. to promote art, not just tattooing and so on and so forth. There had been people that had started doing that. One really good example was Paul Booth in New York City had started doing gallery stuff and a lot more pushing of the arts. Uh, he would go around to the tattoo conventions and gather groups of artists together to do large scale paintings together. Wow. So not only are, are you working on art outside of tattooing, but you're working with other artists, which is 
you know, spiritually wonder, really wonderful, intellectually really wonderful, and, and just community. It's a it's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Booth had put that in. Philip Lou was part of that. All these sort of people that, for my age of tattooers, are the legends and the greats. Mm. Uh, we wanted to to keep that going. There, there's a man named Damien who used to run the Toronto Tattoo Conventions who, who passed away uh, last year, but that was one of the mandates he had for his convention was to, to have art be part of it. And he would do these large-scale art pieces with, with the artists and then auction them off. And there was a charity that he gave to, which was the uh, Art City St. Jamestown, which if you know about St. Jamestown in Toronto, it's one of the most densely populated areas at times it has had a lot of problems with gangs and violence and so on and so forth. And there's this program that basically funds kids to go to after school while their parents are working 40 million jobs and can't be there for them to keep them off the streets. It's a program wow. where they can go and do art and express themselves. Wow. So because Damien started uh, that charity, we continued with that. And we had yearly charity events in Toronto and uh, we, we tried to get um, not just tattoo artists, but other artists to show in the gallery. We, you know, I don't know, four or five times a year, we had wonderful shows. Half of those shows would be artists from uh, the tattoo shop from Seven Crowns because George and I were so lucky to work with some of the best up and coming young talents in, in Toronto easily, hands down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so we had shows, which was wonderful. And, you know, you, you have some food, you drink, you have art. It was it was good atmosphere. And for a good 10 years, that worked in the tattoo industry. I don't think it works uh, so much anymore. Things are a little different at the moment. At the hmm. moment, yeah. But at the, like, I, I that's how we all met, right? Because, like, um, so my ex was working underneath uh, Seven Crowns in Toronto and then connected with you guys. And then we kind of started, like, catering for you. And then when we opened our shop in Rockwood, we just, like, started catering uh, for you guys and stuff. And it was, like, the best. But we used to come to those shows before any of that. And it was, it was awesome. It was always awesome. And then we had so many i have a few like pieces from like i since then i think i gave them a lot anyways i lost a lot of them but yeah i have a couple of like really good ones that i got i think they're both savannah pieces actually and it, it was great yeah you guys worked with some amazing artists it was really really cool yeah you had the, the I do, enterprise piece actually right? so uh cool. john you have the ape that is yeah. uh i forget yeah. the artist's name yeah that came from one of the shows um, yeah that's yeah, Glenn Parody. Uh, That's right, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Parody is yeah, yeah. an awesome yeah. drummer. And since he, if we yeah, do please, a shout-out yeah, right now, Glenn Parody is he is one of the most incredible artists and incredible people. Uh, I've known him casually for about, I don't know, somewhere between 15 wow. and 20 years. When you get wow. of a certain age, you start to forget. But he's been a good friend for 10 years. He's been there for me in some, some you know, yeah crappy parts of my life and uh i've watched him go through some crappy parts of his life and with great success pull himself through it he is a tattooer he is an illustrator he's a printmaker he's a business owner and he's has the most hilarious <laughs> laugh he's one of those guys that it takes him a little bit to get past a chuckle but once you get him into full bore laughter he can't control himself <laughs> anymore so and it almost became a mission at tattoo conventions to get Glenn to laugh to a certain point 
because it's just like it's, it's like a sneezing fit where you just can't get out yeah. of it but laughing and he would just laugh for about half an hour to the point where he couldn't breathe it would, it would get to the point where you're like okay we have to stop he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna get hurt <laughs> by yeah. a lack of oxygen but anyways artistically as, as a human being and as a laugh artist he's yeah, he's no, a I, wonderful uh, oh, person yeah, I, no, awesome. I actually was just looking at his art yesterday he's doing a i think a, an oil painting on a skateboard of a oh, chimpanzee wow. it is un- mm-hmm. it's unbelievable what that guy can do it's crazy That's so we're going to tag him too in this hey claudio oh 100 oh 100 yeah, yeah. He's, thing. being on the inside of of the tattoo world and the art world i see what people yeah. are doing and and some people actually share with each other sort of behind the lines and then you see what's on social media and i can tell you that a lot of the people that are putting stuff on social media you're only seeing end products you're only seeing one tenth of the stuff mm-hmm. that they try yeah. attempt start and don't finish and just the amount of stuff that i've seen out of the the artists that i'm so lucky to be around regularly is mind-blowing it's you know uh, i wish that i could take that in and use it as motivation I'm not you at that point yet, but I'm at a point where I'm just over <laughs> yeah, jealous. Well, I was thinking, Matt, as you were talking, I think, you know, it'd be really cool is when COVID passes and we're all going back to some semblance of whatever, I think we should put on an event. I think that'd be sick as hell. Put on an event, get a bunch of musicians and artists and, you know, like... A, I wish you were there for the ones that, that we used to do. We, awesome. we, had, uh, we had themed art shows yeah. once a year. And we invited artists, mainly tattooers from, we put it out to, you know, all of our community. So it could be the whole world. But the main response was sort of Canada, a little bit in Montreal, a little bit in Calgary, a little bit in BC, but mainly mm-hmm. Southern Ontario. And we'd get between 50 wow. and 70 pieces wow. and beautiful. auction them off. But the show would also have musical elements, comedic elements, um, there was one that we did about, um, oh, I don't even remember them all. They kind of blur together. There was one called Eastern Medicine, cool. which was about religion. Uh, there was another one that we did at a place that no longer exists along Young and Eglinton because yeah. everything's being knocked down. But a place called Six Degrees, which was a very large club where we had people on the silks. We had a band called Squid Lid. We did like a magical ceremony where we pulled okay, people out of the audience and did thing. sort of a... Yeah, we got to do this. It, yeah. it always was a thing, and but then for a period of time, like pre-COVID, it, it became not yeah. so much the yearly ones that we put on, but it, it, you, it was definitely represented there. But in the ones that we were doing, it was just the same people supporting right. it again and again and again, yeah. and, which is wonderful. And I'm happy about that support. But I felt like we were basically leaning on the same 25 people every two or three months to come and be there for us and uh, buy artwork and so on and so forth. It didn't seem like it was getting outside that circle because there is this weird disconnect between the old and the new within tattooing right now. You never know. I think like, I think COVID has done a lot to break down a lot of things. And I wonder if like this might have like a backwards positive impact because people miss doing stuff you know what i mean they miss events and shit so i wonder like if once this is over if more new blood let's say might be interested in getting art and pretty things because like fuck man shit 
sucks. And every with all of the new like home office setups that everyone's kind of been forced to do that are probably not necessarily going to change, you know, moving forward. Um, it might be a good upside down backwards way to get people excited about this kind of thing, you know? I, I agree. And I mm-hmm. hope that you're right. I just have a feeling that at least for a while, there's going to be a staggered amount of people. Like if, if a big yeah. concert comes to town, something that's like a life-changing event for somebody, like not that small things yeah. can't be life-changing events, but something that most definitely is going to be like, oh my God, my favorite legend of music is coming yeah. to town. I got to go see them. They'll risk right. going out for that. But I think people have become very used to a very different level mm. of self-entertainment. Yeah, yeah that's true too. Uh, whether that be... Um, finding stuff on the internet, streaming sources, having a small group of friends that come home. Uh, there are some people in, I don't know, maybe, out where you guys live is probably so, a lot easier. But in Toronto, to have like a little yeah. backyard space like or a balcony yeah. to just get outside and be away from your one or two bedroom apartment yeah. that you've been stuck in for so long is such a right. blessing for people that they've really embraced mm. those spaces. And become used to those spaces, oh, and, so and yeah. they're their new mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. place, right? So I I can see like the bars are going to o- open up, and of course people will be starving for social sure. interaction and so on and so forth. But it's not going to be like no. twenty eighteen, no, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not for I a agree. while because people will still have reservations. I don't know what the word is, like a reticence to have be close yeah. to people. Yeah. There's going to be anxiety yeah, with true. crowds like you've it's never true. seen before. Yeah. So I think that there, there's going to have to be some sort of strange amalgamation between the online yeah. and the yeah. the yeah. social. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't say, I, I can't see the, the 2017, you know, outside of the stadium, people watching the TV outside, Raptors sort of events happening again right. for at yeah, least right, a couple right. of years. Yeah, I, can, I would agree I with agree. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And now with Ontario, the, the bars aren't even allowed to do online streaming yeah, uh, band so events. Weird. Why? Did you hear about that? Yeah, you, no. can't do, you can't do online karaoke now. What? Yeah, for real. Why not? Places, yeah. like, uh, places like the Bovine, like places that have been bars and places that have brought up bands for a long yeah. time uh, have been doing like in concerts, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you bring the band in and nobody else right. and the band performs on the stage in the place and you film yeah. it and maybe it costs a few bucks, maybe yeah. it doesn't and you watch it and that's your night right. out. For some reason, they're not allowed to do that anymore. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's a big yeah. um, part of why this third lockdown is so frustrating for everybody because it's like the first couple... I mean, you could sort of understand, I guess. You could sort of wrap your head around it. Like, the science made sense, I guess, kind of. Like, you know, we didn't know enough about anything. So we're like, okay, I, I guess this is what we're doing. Like, whatever. But this one is so weird. Like, not, none of it makes any sense. It's like the corruption feels pretty obvious. <laughs> it's, like, really frustrating for everybody. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Even John's mad. John's, like, pissed. <laughs> I'm always mad, <laughs> Yeah, I okay, I'm going to change the conversation yeah, really quick. Um, Claudia first, then yeah. John. If you could start over, absolutely 100% start over again, hmm. you're 19 years old, mm. 
18 years old, whatever it is, you're at the end of high school, you're about to go into secondary school or not, or post-secondary or not, what is your dream? I wish I had done this or at least tried. Mm, that's a good go. question. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, Jen? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going back 19. I, I actually wanted to um, go to music school. Oh, no, no. I don't know. I don't want to know what you wanted to do there. I do now? I want to know what you want to do if Dude, you look I'm gonna, back I'm now. I'm going to say something really cheesy. I actually really like where I am. Like, uh, Oh, we're gapping out. That's okay. It's okay. I can hear you. Claudia, I can't see her, but she'll be there. Oh, Tr yeah, truthfully, man, it, truthfully, if I'm being completely honest, I'm actually really happy with how things went down. I probably wouldn't have picked the, the business partners I had uh, at the beginning. Uh, they were terrible. A guy stole money from me, and I lost some... Uh, I actually lost a lot of money when I first started, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What about you, Claude? We can just talk until Matt comes back. Yeah, <laughs> he's gone again. <laughs> he's gone again. He'll be back. Um, I think... he's a wizard, dude. He just teleports out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's teleporting it out <laughs> in and out, dude. That's right. Um, what would I do different? I wonder. I, like, I I have like a cheesy vibe also in that like I kind of like where I'm at. I think that. I think the only thing I would probably do differently is um, probably just roll with a lot more confidence than I did. I think I held myself back a lot because I felt insecure about things. And it's like, even when, like, I assume that everyone around me knew more about cooking, baking, life, business, whatever than I did. And I yeah. think if I could change anything, I would probably lean into my thoughts, feelings, opinions, ideas more so than I ever did. Because, like, I assumed everyone else knew more than me. And I realize now nobody knows anything. So it's like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, why am I, yeah. Yeah. why am I, you know, taking people's opinions or ideas over my own? But it doesn't make any sense. I won't do that again. Yeah. I think if I could go back, <laughs> I would just wish I had knew more about negotiation. Yeah, man. Yeah, negotiation. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, I'm like a negotiation wizard now. But like, you are. Then, you're really like, good at it. Yeah, dude, yeah, you're good. I, I'm trying to live that. That you give me things lifestyle. <laughs> you know, where you have something I want. I don't want to pay for it. You're gonna give it to me because that's I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying that. That part, like, I guess it's being frugal. I don't know, but I just love it. You just say a whole bunch of, like, really heartfelt stuff and I missed it all. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like what yeah. he would probably kind of no, lean what into. What did you want to do? What did you want to be? What was the label that you it. wanted to have? Dude, this, is, this is it. I'm, I am who a 19-year-old me would want to be. 100%. That's, that's fantastic. I, I think yeah, you're... It wasn't crazy. easy, but, like, it wasn't I think easy. you're lying, but... <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. <laughs> Dude, if I if, if I'm being completely honest, and I'm gonna, and I mm -hmm. always try to be honest, like shit was hard, shit was terrible. There was a a period of time from the time I was yeah. like eight until last year that I would say were like shit. But dude, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's life, man. And it and uh, no, I'm I'm genuinely happy with where I am. I wouldn't change it. I think I think 19 year old me wished he could be this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100. percent Okay. I'm talking in a less philosophical sense. Like, I don't want you to say things like honest or trustworthy or hardworking. I want to hear like fireman 
I wanted to be no, a fireman. I think I want to be a fireman. I hate that shit. No offense to firemen, but I... Oh, oh no. God. Somebody has to do it. I'm glad they do it. But uh, Yeah, me too. Paramedics. Okay, you, Claudia. What, what does you want 19-year-old you to have become instead? Uh, instead. Um, yeah, because if you're talking about, like, legit, like, job titles or, like, anything like that... It's kind of weird. Like, I always wanted... Ah, fuck. It's going to suck because it ha- it's a very similar answer to John, unfortunately. <laughs> like, it's not that unique. But it's like, I kind of, like, I um, I always wanted to be a business owner since I was little. I always wanted that. Lame. I leaned into <laughs> other things because, like, I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? Like, as a, you know, you're coming out of high school. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, at the time I had actually fast tracked through high school to get to university. So there was a very clear, distinct fork in the road that I came up against. And I chose not to go to university in lieu of like, um, going to work because I was like, I don't know what I want. This is really expensive. It didn't make any sense to me. I had originally wanted to like be a teacher and then get into like languages. So teach like French and Italian and stuff. So I would have probably majored in like English and then minored in like French and Italian. That's what my career path was really set up at first. And then when I got to grade 12 and at the time they still did OAC. So, um, and that was the last year of it. So I had actually fast tracked through high school so I could avoid the double cohort and have uh, my OACs in grade 12. Um, so I did all that with, yeah, so I had like this whole intention to do it. And then I get, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this shit's like real expensive. And I don't know if it's like worth it. And I didn't have the money. So I was just like, I don't think this is what I want. Actually, like what I would have to do to achieve all of that didn't really sit right, didn't feel right. So I just decided not to do it. Um, and then I found my way here. So I don't know, I guess like it's, I'm curious to wonder what like, you know, masters in English and minors in like French and Italian, Claudia would have looked like. But I think that I don't know that I would have had like the personal experiences that I had had I continued on that path. Because that path was very much like, I'm going to hide in my books. I'm going to hide behind school. I'm going to continue to hide. And like, the choice that I made was one that was like a little bit more like, I'm going to explore myself, life and stuff. And it kind of led me here. And I'm like, super grateful for that. So I don't know if I would have changed much, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it's the answer you wanted. <laughs> so not a fireman is what you're saying. Not a fireman, no. <laughs> Brother, yeah, that, that wasn't the answer I was looking for. But no, you know what? there was. There was a time when I really wanted to be like a professional fighter. And then I, I used to fight pretty frequently for my job. Yeah. And then one time I fought a guy who's a national champion, like in Muay Thai, and he's now a pro fighter. And he punched me so hard that I, one, I still remember it. And two, I felt it down my neck. And in that moment, I was like, nope, not for me. Not <laughs> for you. I punched you in the face or? Oh, dude, he caught me right in the face. He got me at the bridge right here. Like, perfect. I had punched him with a right hand, connected, mm-hmm. and I was all like, boom, in your face, right? 
as I was pulling it back, he countered and punched me right, like right here, and I felt it wow. down my neck. And in that wow. moment, I was, was like, yeah, this is a hobby. Yeah, this is a hobby. <laughs> this is a hobby. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want that in my life. No, no. He's amazing. Yeah, though, I, I asked this question yeah. because yeah. I think I'm going through a midlife crisis sure. where you, you you evaluate these things. I'm not sitting here uh, in any way, shape, or form like crying. Like I, I do wonder, you know, I think I've had conversations with both of you about like whether going to the arts as as a business was it was the best idea. It was okay. the path for me, period. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But, you know, you, you reevaluate your life and, and look at certain, like, Claudia, you were talking about how there was a definite fork in the road for you. Yeah. I have definitely had many forks in my road. Yeah. Sounds terrible. And <clears throat> at times I reevaluate them. Recently, I realized that, like, okay, way back, I used to work in Mississauga at Square One at mm. the Backstage Pass. I oh, sold wow. Metallica and Dr Green Day shirts and ripped up flooded jeans and chain wallets to people all through the 90s. And I worked with a young man named Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland was originally from Orangeville. Uh, he was a bouncer. He was very tall, very good looking, hippie kind of guy at the time, like hemp bracelets okay. and white colored clothing and stuff. And I worked with him and I didn't like him. The reason I didn't like him had nothing to do with his personality and his being. What it had to do with is that he had to keep on taking time off for what he was pursuing. And I had to get ready, cover Claudia. His You're going to have ready for it? Down, Claudia. Here it comes. Let's hear it. He was a wrestler. Oh, and he no said, way. I have to go to, you know, fill in Little Town, Windsor, Montreal. Okay. So he was a wrestler and he would have to go off and do wrestling for like $16 a day or whatever. And I was like, what, you wow. mean like Roman Greco Olympic wrestling? He's like, no, like WWE style wrestling. Wow. Adam Copeland is also known as The Edge. That is yeah, crazy, man. though. That's crazy, dude. Like, That's bananas. Life is so weird, man. <laughs> life is <laughs> so, so weird. weird. It's so I weird. I love it so much. And it's so crazy yeah. that, like, I knew he was from Toronto, but um, when I was a kid, well, like, in high school, so I wasn't a kid, yeah. I was a teenager, I had a yeah. friend who was really into the WWE, and yeah. because I didn't have a TV or cable, I just yeah, sure. and uh, because it was the one time his mom would let him have friends over, we would okay. oftentimes watch WWE. Even though it, I wasn't like the biggest fan, but sure. he uh, he you know the show would go on for like three hours, and I just like hang out and eat their food. That <laughs> was great. <laughs> That's so. amazing. You're frozen again. Oh, it's Dude. just me now. It's just me, cause Matt is frozen again, and John is getting a coffee. Oh, jeez. Oh, you're back again! Woo! Yo, the wizards, dude. The wizards don't want to be without each other. That's it. Oh, you're back, baby. Okay, Maddie. Oh, now we lost Matt altogether. Matt, not let me say it. <laughs> the coffee and then like by the time he comes back so now you gotta hold hold it down dude hold it down i'll be right back <laughs> i'm alone on the podcast i'm alone on the podcast going on today dude it's so weird you show up and now matt's here dude you guys are planning stuff dude oh yeah man we're, we're linked we're linked forever there you go me and Matt, Matt and me, 
We're linked forever. Oh yeah. <laughs> got this is again. amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh my god, I'm this. so impressed, dude. I love this so much. Thou shall not pass. It took <laughs> it took so long I'm... for the internet to come back on. <laughs> I've been waiting here for 47 for years. Millennia. I want to hear the end of the story, oh. damn it. Dude, this is so good. So he ended up being, what was it called? The Edge? Adam Copeland, The Edge. Dude. Okay, so yeah. these are the stories that we've started and not finished so far. Yeah. My experiences with sigils. Yeah. yeah. My experiences with Adam Copeland and wrestling. Yeah. And now my we're going to start. About, these... <laughs> yeah, my story about the sigils. The sigils did not go well. <laughs> yeah. No, it didn't. Anyway, it go ahead. Yeah, my, out. Yeah. My sigils did not go well. I, I I did my first like really formalized sigil work uh-huh. with some artwork. It was a group of artwork. Yeah. It was supposed to be for a specific show. And it was a show that somebody else was putting on outside of Seven Crowns, another person that was involved in the arts uh, right. who I admired as well. And that the show went terribly. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, all aspects of the show. It was it was outside of Toronto, like about mm. a, a little less than an hour away, mm. and we had we had like a lot of people that were coming from the shop, like all yeah. of the artists, their significant others, friends, heavily tattooed people. Uh, there was easily between a dozen and twenty four people that were going to go, and we had arranged rides with like we'd gotten a really good deal on some limos, and everybody pitched in. It was it was wow. going to be a great night. And the limos never even showed up. Whoa! Uh, there, uh, half the people decided after that, like we were just going to get cabs right. and get a bunch oh, of cabs man. there. And half the people decided that they didn't want to go at that point. And there oh, was some no. like it was violent, a whole not thing. against other people, but violent no. outbursts in the shop and stuff. And then wow. when we got to the show, they hadn't put it up in the way that we had. It up and like, oh no! It seemed like every little aspect of the show, every it little bit then. of it, went absolutely one hundred percent wrong. Mm-hmm. Definitely did not fulfill the sigil work that I had I had done. Right. So either a I didn't understand what I was doing properly. B right. I had implemented it very improperly, or C right. the universe was going. Oh, you think so? Oh, Fuck maybe. you, a yeah, or not now. So yeah, who knows? I don't. I don't have any answers as to which one it was. Sure. So I was unsuccessful with that and didn't do sure. a lot of it afterwards. I'm, I'm just creeping back into it. That's kind of good. Like maybe it might have been just like a not now. Like the the sigil that you helped me figure out uh, for my tattoo was amazing. So the intention behind that sigil was basically to. Um, it was all about like body like acceptance and like loving my body the way it was and um mm-hmm. sort of body positivity but not really just being positive just like a like a more of a real natural acceptance of what i am as i am right this minute and it was like mm-hmm. hugely powerful and it's still it's still resonates if that makes sense and it's cool because it's we ended up putting it in the gem of the ganesh and I just thought that was such a powerful union of like the imagery and, and idea behind Ganesh 
you know, from like what research I've done and then having the sigil part of it, it was great. It was like a really important thing for me. And I think that's what I've always appreciated about being tattooed by you is that like you are really good at helping, at least for me, helping me kind of have these kinds of um, intentional tattoos and then help me kind of work through stuff for me. Right. So it just that always meant a lot. And it's not it's not just everybody that you can do that with. Like the yeah. tattoo artist has to be kind of attuned to something like that because it's not just an infinity sign on my wrist that I cut off of like something that somebody everyone else has like it's it's a different vibe nothing against those kinds of tattoos it's just not the same thing you know so I just always appreciated that about you dude it's pretty great it's like uh Matt's like a conduit you know Mm. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's how i would yeah that's actually a great way yeah. to articulate yeah, i mean for my experience yeah you're back Dude, no that's one conversation done for the love of yeah. goodness tell me about adam copeland that's <laughs> I it hippies tell me about the wrestler <laughs> i want to hear about the goddamn wrestler <laughs> You're talking about life the, the, the point to that was that he eventually qu- yeah. quit work working at uh, Backstage Pass and and fulfilled his dream, became WWE, WWF at the time champion for quite a while, Uh, is one of the only wrestlers that got out before they were way too damaged to uh, continue their lives well. Uh, I think he he comes back every once in a while now, but uh, he's gone on to do some acting in the Vikings show and a couple movies and stuff. And uh, being a Canadian guy, I kind of watched his his career continue and uh, Mm -hmm. was always had admiration for him. Um, But always wondered, what if back then, because it was presented, like we talked about it, there was an open conversation where it was like, are you talking about Olympic wrestling? He's like, no, like WWF wrestling. And I'm like, really? Is that a thing that just people can do? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I, I take classes from a guy in Toronto. There's this legacy throughout Canada. There's a there's a mm-hmm. big, big thing. There's a big, big sort of um, history and legacy behind it all that you don't really get to see. Wow. And those conversations made me uh, just, I always wonder now, because I, I followed wrestling on and off throughout and i've always enjoyed wrestling i've always enjoyed the sort of like man soap opera of wrestling i think that it's something that like if you explained what wrestling is and you if most people explained what i am it would probably be a similar outcome oh that you should have been a wrestler is that what you're thinking yeah Yeah, i think that well first of all i'm humongous yeah (laughs) i'm 300 pounds I uh, I have some physical problems now that I'm almost 50, but I don't feel like sitting hunched over tattooing is a great story to attach to my inju- injuries where you know, <laughs> sure. the Undertaker in a match or having, you know, power slammed Hulk Hogan at one point or another, that would be yeah. a good excuse for a blown out knee or a bad back <laughs> or what have you. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, and I always wondered, and even still, like I, I, I wonder about things like writing story arcs mm-hmm. for yeah. for wrestling because they've gotten more complicated as people are getting smarter exposed to more especially with the internet and having just like downloadable knowledge in your hand all the time tv now versus tv in the 50s a great example of this is if you watch the wandavision show that yeah. disney put out mm-hmm. it is no. it's incredibly <laughs> what the kids these days are calling meta 
where it refers upon itself. It knows that it's television and it uses the history and tropes of television to to push its own history. And that no, couldn't have happened cool. anytime before now. You have to have a culmination. You, you can't have a book without the, the beginning in the middle. I think the same thing is happening in all sorts of different areas, especially any areas that has uh, writing or has to do with media, right? Like you, sure. you couldn't have a, a, a break in the fourth wall in early film because yeah. they were just building up the fourth wall. Like something like Ryan oh, Reynolds uh, doing what he does Deadpool. with Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that was done in the comics and it worked in the comics. But if you had done it, well, okay, there's an argument to be made that it already had been done. And, and, but it wasn't done often, right? Like Ferris Bueller sure. did it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But oh, that's, that's sort of like breaking the fourth wall and creating like a meta thing where they know that there's an audience and that they know that there's something else. I think that that sort of stuff, anyways, is coming into to wrestling. And I think that they yeah. can get some really smart people in there to write some really interesting story arcs. Um, totally. I haven't watched it to the amount that I would like to, but Robert Rodriguez had put himself into a project called Lucha Underground. Oh, and wow. Okay. A little bit of it on a streaming service for a while. And they basically had like film quality, like movie quality stuff of the stuff that was going on behind the matches and behind oh, yeah. the rings. Like, you know, like businessmen oh, wow. were making deals and people were telling people, I, I want that guy destroyed and so on and so forth. And they wow. were using it as storyline stuff to further the stories for the matches. So oh, I always I thought gotcha. that that's cool. Writing for that sort of thing would be really, really interesting. But I think that writing for that sort of stuff, unless you do it your yourself and use your own federation, which those things are pretty quashed these days by the the major league people because there's so sure. many of them that have been established for so long. It's a very internal thing where, you know, once a wrestler gets to a point where they can't physically do stuff, they keep them on the company and they keep them paid, which is kind of wonderful. That's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, but it, it's hard for new blood to bust in, right? Right, 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 right. I think you should, I think you anyway, should you, a shot. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Oh, Matt, hey, as a character, hey, dude, that'd be amazing. Dude, uh, it's like, now the pudgy old man comes to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> He's going to say some stuff that sounds smart. It would be cool to do, um, I mean, it would be really super cool if Matt did, like, a wrestling-themed graphic novel, because then he could illustrate oh, it and write it. That would be bomb. That would actually be so much fun. And then maybe not a show, but you could do, like, you could write, like, an independent movie or something. Like, there's a lot of weird options. <laughs> I know. It was so good. I'm so glad that you came on the show. And I'm excited. Um, if you're around, we're going to do another one with you, but with brain babies. Uh, do you want to plug thought. anything? Do you want to talk about yeah, anything yeah. before we close? Um, I would like to plug uh, Seven Crowns a little bit. It's still a shop that, when we're allowed to be open, is open in Orangeville. Uh, my yep. partner, uh, George Brown, is is the much smarter version, smarter half of the, uh, the equation there, uh, who's a wonderful artist in his own right my wife who has been not only oh. my rock for the 55 years that we've been together but uh no. <laughs> the uh the last year where when i just a, a depressed 
existential lump on the couch for for long periods of time she's been the one that's been working her ass off and keeping us afloat and keeping us uh sane and a little call out to my daughter morgan who is uh one of my main motivations on the planet to just even be around much less keep going because she is very smart and very talented and i want to set a good example she taught herself how to play guitar how to play bass guitar like the other day, and it, not just like she looks at stuff on a screen and can do it. I was asking her like, oh, well, you know, what if you wanted to play these notes? And she goes, oh, well, you just have to make your fingers do this, 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 this. Like she already knows it all. She's amazing. Yeah. But she, That's amazing. That's cool. She's wonderful. She's artistic. Uh, and and she's a beautiful young woman who uh, I, I hope that I can influence in a, in a positive way. Uh, my, last call out, my last call out is to you guys. Claudia, John, you've been an incredible inspiration and just the amount of stuff that you're doing and the fact that you're doing it. Thanks, buddy. You know, one person can sit and say, ah, it's just people talking on the internet and, and, you know, talking shit. But it's not, first of all. First, you're actually doing something, which is a lot more than a lot of people are doing. Then as well, I see, once again, the behind the scenes of, like, what you guys have planned for merch and the funny things that you guys say and so on and so forth there's a lot going on behind and it's it's very inspiring and uh you're awesome man um, i really appreciate that that's so sweet uh, claudia keep on cutting john's hair you're amazing and i love you man and i'm so excited and i'm glad you're here and this was an episode of lockdown buddies with reverend matt seven crowns and you're the fucking best dude